0: Hello and welcome to the Equalizer podcast. I'm your host Ariana Cascone and I'm here today with our very own Jeff Kasouf to chat about the United States women's national team following their first of two friendlies against the Republic of Ireland. So how are we doing today Jeff?
1: doing well it's uh last international break before World Cup rosters so it's a uh, it's an interesting one because it feels a little far away but but obviously that tells us we're very close
0: yes absolutely I'm excited to see what will happen with this roster um but of course it will be a little shaken up given what happened over the weekend so I guess we'll just jump right in right so Mallory Swanson was injured right before halftime on Saturday and u s soccer announced Sunday that she tore her patellar tendon and then as of Monday morning so as of this recording US Soccer declined to specify the extent of the tear and also the timeline for her return. So not good news for Mallory Swanson or for the United States women's national team. Um so what could this potentially mean for the national team looking ahead?
1: Yeah, I mean I think you know obviously first and foremost Devastating news for her. Um, and, and, you know, we're not sure of the timeline yet. I think that there, there are not a lot of lines that have to be read between if you, if you listen to Vlakonanovsky in the pregame press conference Monday of, of just the conversations with Swanson of, of, um, you know, your soccer spokesperson stepping in to, to say that she'll be the one to announce her timeline and her, her return and her recovery process. Um, You know, and and if you, you know, all of us, I think we're probably Googling what this injury is on Sunday exactly. And what, you know, exactly what the timeline usually is for return. And, you know, it looks like at its best, it could be a few weeks type of thing, but it's, you know, most signs for a return point to several months, Um, you know, a a really bad tear or full tear sounds like six to 12 months from everything you can find on the web that that I've also searched. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, the world cup is 3 months away it's just over 3 months away that the us plays its first game i think it, it doesn't seem promising and and look for her you know obviously for her first and foremost i mean I, I think that anybody who's followed her and and you know have covered covered her career for a while you've got you know we're 6 years on now from her being this teenage prodigy that debuts right before an olympics and all of that pressure on her and then you know the the short of it being that that pressure existed you know she herself said she didn't quite meet those moments in in the years to follow in a way that she would have wanted to and thought she could have been better and you know had these ups and downs got traded in the league and then these past two years where she was at peace with her game herself you know in the form of her life one of the best players uh, in the world I would say and, and certainly the most informed U.S. player right now on a front line that we thought was totally set so you know for that that's the her version of it I think you know, missing the world cup under those circumstances, especially devastating. And then for the U.S., I, I mean, this was this front three, Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith and Mallory Swanson, three MVP candidates, Smith, obviously winning the award last year. This was the, the set in stone first names on the lineup sheet, everything behind them. You know, there was tinkering. You had some questions in the midfield, even in the back line a bit. And, and this was the three. So, um, you know, now I think some really difficult questions for U.S. head coach flacco to answer, uh, assuming that, you know, Swanson is, is not in that World Cup picture, and and even if she's trying to be, you've got to make plans around that or without her even knowing that it's it's a risk, right? Um, so I, I think, you know, where we go from here, where he goes from here, a lot of questions. Is it a like-for-like a like sub on the wing? Is it is it a change of the systems? I, I think there's a lot of questions for him to answer, and you know, add it to the list. I mean, the list is very long of players that are injured, players coming back from injury players coming back from maternity leave, a lot of uncertainties for this U S team right up until roster selection for the world cup and and how he manages that, how they manage it is going to be um, fascinating. It's going to be something that will, will dictate everything that happens at the tournament.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And it is, unfortunate of course there's no other way to say it for Mallory Swanson I mean her trajectory has had her hitting her stride right you know at the perfect time it feels like she scored in every game for the national team leading up to this one and you know it's it is devastating like you said but in terms of the questions for you know U.S. soccer for Vlokhodonovsky I think there are just more questions than answers which is kind of a hard pill to swallow um you know thinking that that front three. I think at times they were covering up some of the, you know, subpar play because the U.S. Were, was still getting results. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see how the team approaches this final game before the roster's named. And then, you know, heading into the World Cup itself, uh, thinking of the team without Mallory Swanson, if, if she can't make it back, which seems rather likely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you go to Trinity Rodman, who I think is probably next in line for the most part in terms of form and, and, you know, brings a bit of a, a different profile, maybe a bit more defensive, maybe a bit more of a player who, um, I would say can operate in that, that wing because, you know, Smith and Swanson are, are these wingers who actually sort of prefer to be central
0: mm-hmm. and
1: drift centrally. So, you know, maybe you're looking now at, at a winger who, wants to stay wide a bit more, who wants to cross the ball. I think either of um with with no disrespect to Swanson defensively, just what you need from her and what she brings, like either of Rodman or Lynn Williams would be a more defensive minded or or maybe it's would say better defensive option. Um and we know that, you know, that that's almost one of the defining traits for Lynn Williams in, in this setting, especially, right, is is her mm-hmm. ability to to sort of That um, high pressure, and in you know, when the US is going for high press and and defend like that, and she's talked about it. So, um, I think it's just a different outlook in that sense. And, and, you know, look, I mean, I said this, I've sort of written this in different places. And, you know, when I say like Swanson's the most informed player, and, and I look at this as she is in many ways the US's most important player right now because of that form and because of what you need at a world cup. And I think you just have to look, you only need to look at recent history even. Right. I mean, it isn't this vacuum to say a team is one person or a team is not made of, you know, 23 players, 11 on the field at a time, but you need these game changing players in 2015. Yes. A lot changed at once, but ultimately you needed Carly Lloyd to score the only goal in the quarterfinal to score in the knockout stages to have the hat trick in the final in 2019, you needed Megan Rapinoe to be doing what she was doing in the form of her life. And you need all of these pieces to all come together at once to win a world cup. Mm -hmm. And part of that is a game changing player. And you look at what Swanson does to change a game when the U S is maybe struggling. This is the same for the Chicago red stars. When the tactics are maybe stagnant, they aren't quite working. The opponent has figured them out. Look at the Japan game and the she believes cup. You just need that ball over the top into her space, into her foot, and and she'll take it from there, right? So that is something that, yes, Sophia Smith could do. Yes, Alex Morgan could do. But but Swanson has been doing lately better than anybody. And that is the type of thing that in a deadlock, in a World Cup knockout game, that's what changes games. That's what wins World Cups. And, and I think that is ultimately the big blow if she is missing.
0: Yeah, this – it's hard, especially in a tournament, because you do need those game-changing players. And I imagine that, you know, other players will step up. They're going to have to. Um, And thinking about those replacements, I think it's interesting that Alyssa Thompson was called into camp, right? So Vlad Konovsky said that the team has injury protocols in place and she was already packing, um, you know, pretty much right after Mallory Swanson was injured. So that was interesting to me because of her age uh, and, you know, thinking about this being the last look before the roster is named. I just wonder if Vlad Kondanovsky and the coaching staff thinks that, you know, Alyssa Thompson could be game-changing, could be going on the plane to the World Cup.
1: Yeah. I I mean, look, I, I thought maybe that would be a stretch before this injury, not because of her talent. I think, I mean, I've been very impressed with Alyssa Thompson from, you know, her U.S. debut at Wembley. Mm -hmm. I thought she was good for a team that was otherwise struggling on that day. Um, You know, in the limited time off the bench anyway, I thought she's been good in the amount of time we've seen her. Obviously we've seen what she's doing in league play, the very limited action so far for Angel City, uh, scoring in her NWSL debut, scoring in, um, call it her soft debut as a pro, as the first game Angel City played in the preseason in front of a, you know, an actual stadium and, and that we were able to see and, and what she did against Club America there five minutes into the match. So, you know, she is not, um, you know, many, in many ways, I guess, similar to Swanson when she was, you know, that 16, 17, 18 year old coming into the the picture here for the senior team, mm-hmm. just a player with the confidence, maybe, you know, maybe naive enough to to not know that that pressure is there. I mean, I'm sure she has to know some of it's there, but but to kind of remove herself maybe, Um, or maybe just that mature to to deal with it so well that, you know, either way I I think she looks ready, but I thought, you know, when you look at the depth on the wings here with with what we just said, Rodman, uh, Williams, and you obviously, you know, Purse has sort of been on the outside looking in lately, but um, you know, there is, there is that depth um, to have, Thompson come into the picture so late, you know, maybe seemed like a stretch, but now with Swanson hurt, I think you have the question now of, do you, yeah. Is, is Thompson suddenly more in the picture? Do you, again, like, I I don't know. Do you, if the system changes, maybe this changes the complexion of this roster even more where you're not looking to replace Swanson with another winger because you have some, but maybe you're looking at a system that's more Smith and Morgan centrally and you need to add another midfielder in place of Swanson. Right. So Um, Ariana just keeps adding these layers of questions. I mean, we're, we're adding questions rather than subtracting them as we go toward a world cup.
0: Yes, I know. That's not the best feeling. And thinking about whether the system will change, I personally don't know about that. Just given I don't think the U S made the changes that were necessary when the midfield was struggling. I think they sort of just waited and waited and waited, and then Julie Ertz returned, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second half. But just in light of that, I don't see that attacking system changing, even if Mallory Swanson is not there.
1: No, I, I think it's fair. And look, the, we talked about these windows. Like, you don't have – if he wants to make a change, Vlako like I mean, he's got Tuesday's match, and then everybody flies home very quickly, as as he's noted, to NWSL games. And – I mean, you know, I think it's important to give the context to people that that aren't, you know, realizing necessarily. That, like these coaches, these players, like they are in contact all the time. The, mm-hmm. You know, the clubs to the federation and Anofsky direct to players. They're sending game footage. They're talking about game footage. They're they're studying things. You know, all of these things. But in terms of physically assembling as a unit, it's not going to happen again until June 26th when they get released from NWSL teams at which point the World Cup roster has been named. And, you know, how do you change a system entirely under those circumstances when you're not even physically together? Right. So I think you're right. Um, Or, or at least that it's not this, this drastic change. Maybe it's something that they work on. That's an option for a specific opponent and maybe that's a gamble, but yeah, I don't think that there's necessarily time to do that, but if you had time, I think that's the temptation. If you had time and you had everybody healthy and all these sort of what ifs of Macario and everything else, do you get her on the field? If you go to a 442, like th- there's so many questions that, that maybe you get tempted into trying something, but I, I think you're right that it's probably a, a like for like swap to, to some degree in terms of replacing Swanson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that feels like a pretty good place to take a break before we just think about those bigger picture takeaways uh, after the game and including Julius's return like i mentioned so we will pause for a sec but don't go anywhere we'll be right back okay so we're back to talk about some Big picture takeaways and what we can conclude really after the first of those two friendlies against the Republic of Ireland. Um, So, of course, the big news of the day was supposed to be Julie Ertz's return, right? She celebrated her 100th cap and there was the, you know, she was captain when she made when she appeared on the field for the last 20 or so minutes of the game. But of course, that was overshadowed, unfortunately, by Mallory Swanson's injury. Um, Nevertheless, what did you make of Julie Ertz's return, Jeff?
1: Well, I mean, to to not to sound silly, but that had happened, right? I mean, <laughs> we, we got the roster. I think you know, um, I'm not often surprised in in like 15 years of doing this. I was surprised that I mean, I, I had sort of gotten wind that it was coming, I guess. But so not in that moment, but just the fact that it's happened. Period. I was surprised because everything publicly, privately, I, I mean, everything pointed to that was not the direction things were headed. Right. So mm-hmm. so something changed drastically um or, or maybe you know maybe anyway in in those couple months because even in february we had vladokonnovsky telling us as press publicly that he he couldn't plan for Julie Ertz to be part of the world cup picture it was looking you know less and less likely i'm paraphrasing here but that the time was running out and he wasn't planning on it so um the fact that she was there and and is back is is news and i think also you know to to be really blunt i think the fact that she's back in whatever capacity really indicates that she's going to the world cup. And then the question becomes, is she the starting number six or not? And that's probably a question that has to be answered based on her physical load and, and, you know, capabilities over the next few months and what she's where she's at physically. Um, But, you know, she's back because one, yes, she wants to be, but two, they need her. Right. I mean, we just said it, you said it, Ariana, like they, they haven't, they have not replaced her. Um, anybody who was going to have to fill that void, which ended up being Andy Sullivan, um, you know, always had this sort of, I've been calling it a thankless task of having to be compared to her, um, one of the best players in the world, this sort of singular talent that that others just don't really have in this sort of athletic destroyer capacity. And um, it, I think it's clear that the U.S. has needed her with, with no – disrespect to Sullivan. I think she's looked good in, in, at times in this deep playmaking capability, but you know, the balance of the team, just as it had before, you want to get all these playmakers on the field. You need that sort of protection in front of the back line that really, it feels like only Ertz can provide. And now you have, you know, again, among the questions is, is she going to be the player that she was? She said she wants to be a better player. You know, can she get to that point in the next few months? Um, I think the Ertz of old, you'd say, certainly capable of it. Um, And, you know, what we saw on Saturday, I think we saw a 23-minute snapshot of, you know, a player in her first competitive game in 20 months. Mm -hmm. And I I thought she looked fine, right? I mean, I I don't know that I'm – I could fairly judge her critically in any better capacity than, you know, let's see what happens again, and then let's see what happens – this imminent club deal, as we've been told, whatever, the, you know, wherever that is and whatever it looks like, let's see what happens there. And then we've got to, or, or more specifically, Vlad Konanowski has to judge from there.
0: Yeah, it's honestly a little bit reassuring that the performance she put on, on you know, in those 20 minutes was at the level it, that it was, at least for me, because, you know, not having played a, a soccer game in over 600 games is, a very long time and you know like you said she doesn't have a club team yet hopefully that is coming very soon um but if those if that's what she puts on after that long you know all things considered then you know she's only going to get better presumably um i think her profile is just so different from andy sullivan and, and it is kind of I don't know. It feels a little bit like cognitive dissonance because we've been watching the team so much with Andy Sullivan and I've sort of been preparing to see her at the six come the World Cup. And now, like you said, will Julie Ertz be starting if she is named to the roster, right? That is a real possibility that I didn't think was going to happen um, about a month ago. So, But even in this game, I think we saw some flashes of vintage Julie Ertz, right? So uh, I'm thinking specifically of the play that she was yellow carded on. I mean, um that was build-up from the opposition, right? And Julie Ertz just comes in and, and commits the foul, of course, an obvious yellow card, but things were just stopped. And and that's not really something that we saw from Andy Sullivan, at least as much. And I think that speaks to sort of what you were talking about in terms of her destroyer, just like a, that athletic profile um that the team was really missing.
1: Well, maybe, you know, I think you could argue too, maybe that's just her reassimilating and and in her best, you know, at her prime, she doesn't need to take a yellow, right? Cause she's in mm-hmm. better positioning. So, you know, but, but I agree with you. I mean, that she came in that this was sort of, um, ironically or not, like it just felt like this is exactly what, you know, we knew averts in the past. She's, she's going to disrupt. She's going to, and, and I would say more so. The one for me was, I think it was two minutes after checking in, she got her head on a, an offensive corner kick, which, you know, again, you talk about world cup and game changing moments and, and she's this we're talking about sort of open play, but you know, even on set pieces, she had that run of, um, was it 2018 and a 19 where, you know, she just was on, you know, she got on the end of every corner kick that they took offensively. It felt like, and mm-hmm. she scored several, I think a handful of goals. Um, I think it was five straight by way of her head on a corner kick with something like that. I can, I don't have that in front of me, but, um, You know, just to speak to that, like, you know, I mean, we're talking about, like, does Taylor Korniak make the roster in part because of what she could offer you in sort of desperation scenarios? Like, you know, again, I mean, Ertz is is in that category of, like, she's going to win aerial duels against most players most of the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, two minutes in, yes, I mean, Ireland, you know, maybe the physical profile isn't quite what it is against the Sweden, let's say. But, you know, there she is getting on the end of a corner kick somewhat near the near post, which is exactly what she was doing for years.
0: Yeah. Like I said, that's sort of just reassuring to me in a way. <laughs> um, But I think, you know, even, so I think Julia Earth's changed the game. It's hard to tell if it was her, or if it was the combination of substitutes that came in with her. Um And I think Vlad Andonofsky noted the shift in the game's momentum when Earth entered the match. But, you know, for what it's worth, I thought that the United States just, had a lot of trouble breaking down Ireland pretty much the whole time, even if that shift happened toward the end. Um, You can't really wait until 70 minutes in to, you know, have the light bulb go off. So um, did you sort of have the same takeaway from watching?
1: Yeah. I mean, I also thought actually defensively, there were a lot of suspect moments for the U S which, you know, if anything, maybe was more concerning. I think you expected the low block from Ireland and, you know, anybody, any team who is disciplined in that low block, you would expect uh, the U S or any team to, to struggle to some degree against it or to, to have to work hard. Let's call it to break it down. I mean, that, that is a tale as old as time. That is why the low block continues to exist for, for teams. Right. But mm-hmm. um so I, I think I wasn't necessarily surprised that things played out that way on that side of the field, but you know, that first 20 minutes, Ireland is 20 minutes, especially anyway, Ireland has opportunities from the run of play. They, they thrice came down that right side, their right side, the U S has left, um, you know, at one point, uh, I think it was a one V two with, with Crystal Dunn, Lindsay Horan closing down, um, I think it was Payne crossing to Caruso was the, was the play, 19 minutes in maybe, and and they're getting crosses off. They're getting looks on goal. You know, Caruso, Ky- Kyra Caruso getting blindside of Becky Sauer run on that run. Th- there were sort of these multiple breakdowns, and that whole play starts by the U.S. losing 50-50 challenges sort of 35, 40 yards from goal. So mm-hmm. um, I-, I think that was the more concerning one for me. I don't know that I would – Necessarily call that a trend, although you know how things played out in the fall was was not great, obviously with the England, Spain, and Germany games. But um, you know, I, I think we've kind of come to expect to sort of do some hand wringing over did the U.S. effectively break down a low block, and you know, I feel like we've been doing that forever, and, and it'll always <laughs> happen. But um, I would say more so that defensive side where. Um, I thought there were multiple breakdowns from open play and then set pieces. I mean, they were poor on set pieces defensively, and I think there's some real questions about this zonal system that they're using where they've got five players lined up on the six-yard box and they immediately drop and compress into their own goal, and you've got, you know, what, 15 bodies of traffic in front of Alyssa Nair. Mm -hmm. I think it was pretty clear even against Ireland that that's not working.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you have to rely on Alex Morgan to make a goal line clearance, right? That's not something that you want to do. It's not replicable really. <laughs> um and you also don't want to rely on Alyssa Naeuer to have to make the huge saves, right? Of course, she's going to have to do that in a World Cup, but she made a handful of really great saves to keep the US um, you know, ahead or even just le- um in the beginning level. So I think it's interesting to hear Wadka He said after the game that the team will be going back to the drawing board when it comes to defensive work on set pieces. Um, I wonder what kind of work they're actually trying to implement because what you just walked through really doesn't seem like the best solution.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was clear that he wasn't too happy with set pieces. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, I mean, we talked about these players. Like, I I don't think there's really a scenario in which Taylor Korniak is starting over, you know, the multitude of, of other midfielders um, that are in this, you know, equation that are part of this pool, but does she change a game offensively, defensively to close it out? We saw that even in, in qualifying right in the final minutes mm-hmm. uh, of the final. Um, and then Julie Ertz, you know, on both sides of the ball, really, we just talked about the offensive side, but defensively, um, you know, what does that look like? And, I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the zonal verse man marking is probably, you know, will take us down a rabbit hole and, and maybe it's not as simple as that even as just like, are you winning your 50, 50 challenges? And you know, that, that thing you mentioned that moment you mentioned of Morgan clearing the ball off the line, that's Sophia Smith at the back post covering two players. So, you know, that's, I don't even know if that's a zone versus man problem. That's just a, like, that can't be, right? I mean, you've got to set that up better regardless of what system you're in. So, um, yeah, I think a lot to figure out there. And and maybe, maybe luckily for the U.S., like, I think set pieces are, we talk about not having another window, international window and, and you know, sort of film and communication. Like, that is actually something that you could really dive deep on um, through film, through phone calls in a way that you might not be able to for like open play combination as you try to reintegrate players.
0: That's a really good point. I didn't think of. Um, it's unfortunate that I don't know if the U.S. looked great in the run of play defensively either. <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about the sequence where, uh, you know, there was the cross out wide. I think that ended up being a goal that was called back because of offside. But in that, I mean, Gurma, Naomi Gurma went to step. And then she didn't win the ball. And then the United States was essentially totally beat out wide. So that was interesting to me because it felt like, I mean, that was sort of Ireland's midfield buildup. Um, and then, you know, Gurma not winning the ball and, and then essentially being out of position, having to make a recovery run. Um, the U S got scored on, on that play. Right. And, and the player ended up being offside, but you know, you don't want to rely on the offside flag either. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, it did look like the right call, but you, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, uh I mean, there will be VAR mm-hmm. at the World Cup, but um yeah, I think, you know, again, with respect to Ireland, like <laughs> we can get into like the, the micro aspects of these conversations, but like the fact at a macro level that we're talking about this against an opponent that, you know, at this stage of World Cup prep, you should really be taking care of. I think that that speaks to things that have to be worked on.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and there will be another chance to see what sort of performance U.S. puts on tomorrow as they'll face Ireland again. Um, but before we close, do you have anything, any final thoughts, Jeff?
1: Ooh, a loaded question, Ariana. <laughs> you, you're like you're teeing me up for us to go long. No, I, I think we, um, I think we covered a lot. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in game two, and obviously we'll, we can touch on that, you know, later in the week in our, our second part of the week. But um, you know, I think the Swanson injury obviously is you know first and foremost hope she's okay in in whatever that means and looks like and yeah. and um you know will obviously from a team perspective be a a huge sort of um could could really shift the trajectory of the team you know even just from what we talked about what what the team looks like tactically and, and otherwise so um you know we'll, we'll see what happens
0: from here yes we will and of course echoing um what you said about mallory swanson hope that she is on the road to recovery there um but that is a wrap on today's show so thank you everyone for listening and thanks jeff for coming on to talk about the national team with me we'd like to give a special thank you to our distributor blue wire podcast and our producer jacqueline purdy for the equalizer i'm ariana cascone and we'll be back soon with more on the equalizer podcast